When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. What's good with everybody? What's going on? What's going on? This is Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I am Jason Jones. I am a culture writer for The Athletic, an NBA writer for The Athletic. I kind of do a little bit of everything. But here we talk Sacramento Kings and we talk hip hop and got some good hip hop talk for you. Uh, Jay-Z decided to uh, remind us that he's Jay-Z and I'll get into that in a minute. But we're going to start with our usual Kings talk and want to start by kind of covering an article from the athletic that came out this week. Uh, we went team by team looking at uh, who on each team has the most to prove this season. And by virtue of my long standing <laughs> following of the Kings, I stepped in and handled that for us. And I said it's De'Aaron Fox. And I don't think that's a wild or, you know, amazing revelation that it would be De'Aaron Fox. But why, you know, why De'Aaron? You know, I think I covered a little bit in the little brief thing in the article. You know, this is the, you know, we got four guys from the 2017 class that got max deals. You've got De'Aaron Fox. You got Tatum. You got Bam. You got, <clears throat> yeah. And Donovan Mitchell, yeah. Sorry, my bad. I almost missed one of them. Yeah. So you got those four guys. What does De'Aaron not have in common with those other three? De'Aaron's never been an all-star. And what else does De'Aaron not have in common with those three? De'Aaron's never made the playoffs. So, this to me, this is, has to be the year where that changes. This can't be another season for De'Aaron where we're, ta- we're, you know, we're praising his potential and hopefully he can get some all-star. No, this can't. No, it's got it's to gotta, gotta be. He's got to bring it every night. And if we're talking about all-star snubs when it comes to De'Aaron Fox in February, it's got to be legit. Uh, a lot of this talk about De'Aaron should have been an all-star the last couple of years. You got some folks, not a whole lot, but you hear people say, well, De'Aaron should have been an all-star. He was snubbed. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Quite, yeah. It's And it's ridiculous to think that De'Aaron was ever, has been snubbed or prevented from, you know, 
unfairly kept off the all-star team. Let's 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 not forget that De'Aaron was also the same guy. I know it's going a while back, but remember De'Aaron didn't make the uh, rookie sophomore game initially. Injuries got him in that game, and maybe that'll happen with the all-star game, but De'Aaron has not been snubbed. So I'll just put that out there for the two or three people who love to jump and yell and complain about that. And why do why does De'Aaron have so much to prove? It's pretty simple. This is probably the, the best team he's had, uh, top to bottom, in terms of not just talent, also experience level. Yeah, they won 39 games back in 2018, 2019, but no, De'Aaron wasn't ready to be a leader of a team. I mean, he wasn't ready to be that guy. Yeah, uh, just that team was just kind of, and that team also flailed its way to the end of the season. Let's not forget that as well. Yeah, they had 39 wins, but they had 30 and went 9-16 and 16 after getting 30 wins. So that wasn't like they finished strong. And the other couple of years under Luke Walton where the team finished strong late, those were years where De'Aaron was hurt, and the defense got a lot better when De'Aaron wasn't playing. So De'Aaron's got a lot to prove. He's got to prove that he can – See, I kind of give De'Aaron a pass. Well, not a pass, but people say he needs to be more of a leader. He's told us this is not who he is personality-wise. He's not going to be a yelling and screamer. He's a lead-by-example guy. So I'll say this. I'm not going to ask or expect De'Aaron to be all of a sudden become a rah-rah type guy. But he can lead by example by bringing maximum effort every night. He can do that by not letting guys who are tier or two below him in terms of talent and ability come in the golden one center and give him the business he can set the tone especially on defense lord knows the kings need the tone set there and i think i said this last year De'Aaron should have felt disrespected at the fact that the first time the kings were playing golden state people were talking about i can't wait to see davion mitchell try to guard steph curry and it's like you need De'Aaron should have been like, you know who I am? What do you mean you want to see a rookie who's barely played in the NBA at this point? He's got a game or two under his belt. You know, it should be about De'Aaron and Steph. So we need to see him set the tone both ways, get up and down the court, push the pace, do do all those things that we've been talking about De'Aaron doing since 2017. One of the reasons why the Kings drafted De'Aaron was in part with their belief that he could and would be an elite defender. It's time for him to be that elite defender. It's time for him to be the guy that, you know, Dave Yeager said he could be like a Mike Conley defensively. I know Vlade Divac had great faith that De'Aaron would evolve into an all-NBA type defender. It's time to see that. He's got more talent around him. You know, having DeMontis Sabonis gives him a legit all-star caliber talent with him. You know, so I think that this is the year where De'Aaron has to show that by the end of the season, if the Kings aren't in the playoffs, we're not saying it's because of De'Aaron. So just wanted to follow up on that because I just wanted to just kind of put out there, you know, just what, what I think, what I see from him. Because well, to me, this is the most talented Kings team since 2016. And that was the George Carl year. And I'll stand by this. I was around that team a lot. That team could or should have been a playoff team. There's no reason. The reason why they didn't 
that 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 group collectively did not like George Carl, and by the by virtue of that team not making the playoffs, which basically decided to almost implode. A lot of course of history was changed. I think if the Kings make the playoffs that year, clearly Vlade Divac's tenure is completely different. Vlade might still be with the Kings. I think DeMarcus Cousins' career is different. I think if uh, they make the playoffs, Rajon Rondo probably stays a king because he's now led them to the playoffs. Helps Darren Collison's profile. Helps Rudy Gay. A lot of things changed because that 2016 team fell short of their uh, their potential. And I think of all the teams that missed the playoffs for the Kings over the last years, that was a team where I thought, yeah, that team should have got in. You know, I know the 2019 team, I never thought they were as good as their record indicated. And then when you finish eight or nine games out of the last playoff spot, kind of speaks to that. But I just think that 2016 team just didn't give a damn about playing for George Carl, and it showed. And that's why they missed the playoffs. So, enough of that. I want to move on to one other Kings topic before I dive headfirst into this hip-hop discussion. I want to, uh, uh, if you uh, follow Matt George, I, I joined him on the Locked on Kings podcast. You get a chance if you want, you can check that out. But I talked about just some of the chatter that goes around the league about the Kings. Just... People kind of expecting basically shit to go crazy at some point. And in this case, it's the front office. It's the fact that Monty McNair does not have a contract extension. You know, you have a lame a lame duck GM whose assistant is Wes Wilcox, a former GM. So you have that dynamic. Someone who also interviewed for the job that... <laughs> that Monty has and also along those same lines you know you have a coach who was hired in Mike Brown who didn't come into the process with ties necessarily to Monty McNair but he has ties to Wes Wilcox uh, going back to the Cleveland days and that's where the conspiracy theorist gets to talking about what's next with the Kings so, with all that said, what do your conspiracy theorists think? Hmm, what if this is all part of an elaborate plan to get Monty up out of there and get West a job? Sounds crazy, I know, but the King's history under Vivek Ranadive lends itself toward this kind of wild, fun, uh, it may not be fun to everyone you know, watching, you know, listening, but Fun, wild, fun, crazy speculation. It's just the Kings have done this to themselves over the years with their propensity to hire someone already in the building who could be perceived as gunning for someone else's job or be the replacement in waiting. This is how things have been done in Sacramento over the last 10 years or so. So. I was just I want to address that to make sure make it clear to everyone that I wasn't saying that was happening. I wasn't accusing anyone of doing anything, but as you as you watch the King season unfold, that's gonna be something to watch, you know, if and when does Monty McNair get a contract extension? I mean, shoot, 
what if we get to the end of the season and there's no deal before then and Monty doesn't want to return? I mean, I think that's something that people don't think about either. You know, I know there's only what, 30 GM jobs in the league, but a few people turned the Kings down because they would rather not be one of the 30 and be in a bad situation. And so if Monty feels like you know, what he's done isn't valued or the situation still isn't good, who knows what's going to happen, say, next April, next May. But do the Kings really want to be in position again where you have a GM who didn't hire the coach, which has happened with the Kings pretty much almost every time, at least once under every other GM that they've had. Michael Malone was hired before Pete D'Alessandro. George Carl was hired before Vlade. And Monty McNair inherited Luke Walton. So, three cases of a GM inheriting their coach. But if it was Wes Wilcox, would it really be inheriting if he was part of the process to hire and knows Mike Brown? Just a thought. So, I'm not going to have any much more fun with you all on the conspiracy front. But what I will do is let everyone know what's going on with DraftKings. And y'all know my whole spiel. I'm not a gambler. I'm not going to trust my money to be won or lost, depending on whether or not someone did or did not get into a fight with their girlfriend or someone is mad because they spent too much money at the strip club. I'm not going to put my money on the line because of that. But it is what it is. A lot of y'all will, and maybe there is something out there for me in this gambling space. I just haven't figured it out. But just so you know, the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. For me, that's waiting for the Raiders to probably disappoint me at some point. But hey, get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. <clears throat> bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's good for those teams who like to get a lead and blow it in the fourth quarter. <laughs> DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports bets. Sports. Yeah, yeah, I'm tired, y'all. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now let's get back to the hip hop. Okay, so 
Got up this uh, this morning. I'm recording this on a Friday. Got up this morning for a little jog, and I'm always trying to figure out some new music. Kind of, you know, put in the head, put in the headphones. Kind of carry me through the workout, and today stumbled upon the new DJ Khaled album. God is, and the song God is with J. No. Which features Jay Z, Lil Wayne, and Rick Ross. Now, I think I've stated on this podcast before. To me, any Rick Ross, Lil Wayne collaboration is always great. I've always enjoyed them. But this collaboration ain't about them. This is about Sean Carter and what he did. On this on this track, it's about five minutes of Jay Z just being Jay Z. It's like it's like Jay has something to get off his chest, and he used he used DJ Khaled to just send a message to the world to remind them that he does this rap shit and he does it as well as anyone, if not better. You know, there's a reason why they talk about the goats and him being the goat. And I'm not gonna go line for line for this song, but I want to point out some highlights of it. It's highlights to me. You let me know what you think in the comments and then we'll and we can see what, you know, have some fun banter about this. But uh, early highlight he talks about about touching a billion. And then he said, you know, you no, know, he says, you know, himself, you know, talked about himself, Kanye and Rihanna all touched the billion, you know, basically. Who came through him? Then he says, oh, yeah, by the way, LeBron's a rock boy, so that makes four. So that's four people, you know, worth the billy. You know, all connected with Jay-Z being the the constant in this case. But I just thought that was cool. Then when Jay kind of gets into his pub, you know, his uh, public commentary bag along with the bars, so it's entertaining. He had one, you know. About weed is in the stores. Can you believe this? And you should know that Jay-Z has led the fight in some cases to get non-violent marijuana offenders who are in prison out early. So he's just kind of flipping the fact that can you believe the weed we used to sell is now available to a store? You can go to a dispensary and buy it. And people are still blocked up. For what I can now go to the dispensary, there's like a million of them by my house. I can go there and get whatever it is I want now, which is crazy, but I can. So that's what he, that's what I think about when I read when I read that. I think about yeah, ain't that crazy that you can do that? I agree with Jay on that one. That is kind of crazy, but. It's something that's been pointed out many a times and until laws are changed, those keep pointing out. And Tiffany, on that point, he has a line, he says, well, he took the dope public. I took that to mean he took the music public. You talk about the dope. Dope lyrics, that's, that's the way I took it, but I'm pretty sure Jay has some meaning to it that I don't understand. And then he kind of takes a shot at the people who talked about him going corporate. You know, Jay-Z did the deal with the NFL. They said... Jay-Z sold out the movement, you know, so on and so forth. And he says, corporate, no, corner boys with the corner office. He's saying he ain't changed. Ain't nothing changed. 
he just got him a seat at the table. So basically take that, all you people who get mad at him with the NFL. You know, keep on going. See, I got so many notes. And normally you don't listen to a song and just like take notes. But on this one, you had to take notes. Then he says, for those that make the laws, I'm always going to have smoke for them. So, I mean, there again, he's saying, you know, saying it again. Nothing's changed about me. I'm always going to be going at the establishment, at the system, pointing out what I don't like. You know, he also mentioned, you know, a hip hop, my favorite line. These aren't songs. These is hymns because I am him. I mean, the wordplay, the metaphor, the the whole, you know, giving the godlike, basically anointing himself a deity. I mean, I love it. And he reminds everyone that why him and Meek Mill can't ever have beef because he got Meek out of his uh, legal predicament. And then he said, you know, talks about the goat. And he says, forgive me. That's my passion talking. Sometimes I feel like Farrakhan talking to Mike Wallace. And if you've seen some of the Farrakhan Mike Wallace interviews, that makes sense to you. So I just gave y'all a small breakdown of this of, of God is the Jay Z. I don't know how many bars it is. Like I said, he it's an eight minute song and about half of it's Jay. And trust me, it doesn't even feel like the song is that long. And Jay killed this verse so well that. It overshadows some good stuff from Lil Wayne and Rick Ross, which is not easy to do. So, my music recommendation for this weekend, next week, is get up on this, listen to Jay, and listen. I mean, and what I have listened to, the album's a solid album, but this Jay verse probably going to go down as verse of the year. Um, that's what I, you know, I can't see who's going to top that. You know, I think Kendrick's in the room going. Excuse me, going to be in the running for that, but yeah, this was some elites. This was elite. So, I think I've talked to y'all enough for this week. I like kind of dropping an episode right around the time when some new music comes out. It gives me some stuff to play off of with that. But thanks again for uh, listening in. Shout out to DraftKings and the Basketball Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. I am Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast. Y'all be safe out there. I'm out.